Hey everyone, I really think you're gonna enjoy this episode and because it's there's so much information in here, I put together a cheat sheet for the six things that I'd do different if I started my freight broker today, but you gotta stick around to the end to get the link. Again, stick around to the end to get the link for the cheat sheet, the download for the six things that I'd do different if I started my freight brokerage today. See you on that back end. Welcome to the Freight Broker Bootcamp audio experience and I'm your host, Dennis Brown. So today, I'm going to share with you six things that I would do differently if I started my freight broker business today, okay? And again, I started my freight brokerage business back in October of 2003. Today is January, I don't know, what is it? January 10th, 2021 or 22, I'm sorry. So we're talking, it's 19 years later, 18, 19 years later, and so what I'm going to share with you today is six things that I would do differently if I started today. Okay. So I jotted down some notes. Here we go. Number one, these are in no discernible order. Number one, I would not build my own TMS. Okay. So for those of you that don't know, when I started my brokerage back in 2003, one of the first things I did was built our own transportation management software probably because I had previously owned a software company. It was coming out of the tech space and I had tech on the brain. Secondarily, there was not a lot of good options out there for transportation management software. And subsequently, I went on to invest over a million dollars in our own TMS systems, softwares, and technology, okay? So if I were to do that today, I would forego all that. I would not build my own TMS. There are tons of great options out there for TMS software. There are a lot of good products out there and the pricing is phenomenal for many of these products. It's very cost effective compared to the million dollars plus that I invested to build my own TMS, okay? Secondarily, beyond price, um, it also took an enormous amount of energy and time to build that because building software is time consuming. It's not only expensive, but it's time consuming. And that time was pulled away from the core part of my business early on and going out and getting new customers and generating more revenue. Now on the back end, the technology did work out well and became a, you know, a, 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 an advantage for us in the long term. But ultimately, I think it cost us revenue in the short term. So today I would not build my own TMS because there are a lot of great options out there. So that's the number one thing I probably would change uh, if I started over today. Okay. Number two, I would focus more on carrier partnerships. You hear me say this all the time, relationships over transactions. And I can tell you that that is sound advice in every area of your life. But business is where we think about it most. But most brokers and most agents think about having strong relationships with their customers because the customers are who are paying them, right? That's where the checks come from. That's how they... You know, that's how they keep the lights on. But in reality, as a broker, carrier relationships are equally as important as customer relationships. So, you know, my goal today, if I were to start a brokerage over, would be to never do what I call a one and done. What I mean by that is <clears throat> you post a load to the load board, a carrier calls you, you set up the carrier, the carrier moves the load. And then you never do business with that carrier again. Maybe they were an owner operator. Maybe they own five trucks. Maybe they own 500 trucks. But the reality is, is that nobody took the effort or the time 
to develop a relationship with that carrier to focus on how there might be synergies or win-win relationships that could be fostered to help both sides of the equation, right? To help the carrier and the broker. So focusing on strong carrier relationships, focusing on real partnerships with carriers is definitely number two on the list, okay? Um, number three, don't forget to exercise and eat right. Now, I'm gonna tell you right now, I'm not a fitness coach, right? I work out regularly. I have pretty much my entire life, but everybody goes through the ebbs and flows of the holiday season and busy times and slow times and struggles that you have in your life. And here's what I can tell you. Everybody's health fluctuates, but your goal as an entrepreneur, what you have to understand as a startup entrepreneur, you need energy more than ever because building a successful business not only takes capital, you know, a certain amount of capital, depending on the type of business you're starting, but it takes an enormous amount of energy. And so you cannot afford as a startup entrepreneur to start eating a lot of fast food or missing workouts or not having that sort of balance. I can tell you right now that most entrepreneurs that I see, including me, and I have done it many times in my career, in the first 12 to 18 months of a startup, I usually put on 10 to 20 pounds, right? I've seen that in the past when I was a younger entrepreneur. And even when I started my freight brokerage, it happened because I got so focused on and nothing but the business that I let my health go and it cost me in the long term. God knows how long, much it cost me in my overall lifespan, but it cost me an enormous amount of energy because I wasn't working out, I wasn't eating right. So don't let your health go down the drain just because you're in a startup, okay? You can balance it, you can juggle it all. It just takes you know some priorities and some scheduling, okay? So that's number three, don't forget to exercise and eat right. You need energy now more than ever, all right? Number four, learn to delegate sooner. That's what I would do. You know, delegation, learning how to delegate is one of the most important lessons and one of the most important things that smart entrepreneurs can do. Here's why. Because not every task that an entrepreneur does throughout their day is created equally. And I, what I mean by that is we have $10 an hour tasks. We've got $50 an hour tasks. We've got $100 an hour tasks. And then we've got $1,000 an hour tasks, okay? Now, as an entrepreneur, you're not going to collect any of those paychecks, okay? Uh, you only get paid for your results. But the value of each one of those tasks has a dollar value assigned to it, right? Every one of those tasks has a dollar value assigned to it. So as an entrepreneur, you do not want to spend your time on $10 an hour tasks, right? So let me give you an example. A $10 an hour task is going on Google and searching for leads, right? That's a $10 an hour task. You could hire anybody to do that, right? But on the other hand of the coin, on the other side of the coin, the sales component 
When you start doing outreach to those customers, that might be a hundred or a thousand dollar an hour task, depending upon your results, right? If you get one shipper, if you make calls for an hour and you get one shipper out of that hour, the lifetime value of that shipper might be 50, 100, 200, $300,000. So what's the value of that sales and outreach versus looking up the leads online on Google, right? So what I'm trying to explain to you is that you have to learn to delegate. So learn to delegate some of the tasks that are lower value that don't require just you and focus in on the only you tasks that are much higher value. So I've explained it before as having high value activities and low value activities. In most cases as a startup, the high value activities is customer interfacing. It's reaching out and developing relationships with customers. Another high value activity would be developing relationships with carriers as a broker. So I hope that makes sense, okay? So learn to delegate. Don't be that bottleneck, right? Don't be the bottleneck that slows the business down because you're afraid to give up control, okay? So that's number four. Number five, this is a tough one and I've struggled with it personally. Fire bad apples and negative Nellies fast, okay? So as a business owner, as an entrepreneur, as a startup, one of the things you're gonna have to do is you're gonna have to add people to your team. And as you add more people, you're gonna understand very quickly that not every person is going to be a good fit with your culture, with your core values, with your organization. So what I strongly suggest to you uh, is when you identify a bad apple or a negative Nelly or someone that doesn't share your values as a business owner, right? Get rid of them quickly. Don't hold on to them just because you need a body. Don't hold on to them just because they might be doing a good job in their particular job. Let me tell you an example. I remember there was a gentleman I hired in my first year as a broker, super smart guy, um, was a pretty hard worker and did really well at his job. He was sharp, but he was like a cancer to everybody around him. He was negative. He had a bad attitude. He caused lots of drama. There was always conflict. There was always issues. And so what I did the mistake I made is I kept him around because he did a good job in the role that he was playing. But what I didn't realize was the ripple effect and the negative effect of keeping him around everybody else on the team because he lowered the productivity of everybody else. And as a matter of fact, we lost key employees because they didn't like him and they didn't agree with the way he operated and therefore they searched out another environment and got another job. And so my suggestion to you is get rid of bad apples and negative Nellies quick, no matter even if they are productive. Don't keep somebody around if they don't fit your core values and they don't fit your culture, okay? So that's number five. And number six, this is an important one and one that most freight brokers will ignore. Get more FaceTime with your customers. Whenever you have an opportunity to get face-to-face -face with your customers, seize the day. So let me give you an example. You can't, as a broker, you're typically not going to go out door-to-door -door and do a lot of prospecting. It can be done, and some people do it, but you're going to be limited to your geography, 
And most freight brokers don't want to be limited to just their geography, right? And that's where the phone and internet and social media and LinkedIn and all those things come into play. It allows you to do outreach at scale. So let's say, for example, let me tell you, I'll just give you an observation. Personally, I remember when I started doing more face-to-face with customers and it really blew my mind because let's say, for example, you brought on a shipper and you know you started moving some loads for them. Everything was going well. You invoiced them. They paid their bills. Everybody's happy and the account is doing well. You're making money. They're happy. Everything's great. I remember when I started taking the, the steps after the first month or two or three of doing business with a customer where I took the initiative, especially when it had an opportunity to have a big upside and a big client, I would go visit that customer no matter where they were. We would travel to that location. Now, sometimes it's hard to travel all the way across country and sometimes it's hard to travel internationally and sometimes you have to figure out ways to make it work. But what I found is that every time I physically visited a customer that we had started doing business with, and I spent time not only with that customer inside their organization, but outside of work, maybe at a ball game, uh, golfing, or maybe just at dinner, or some sort of activity outside of the business, what I found is that when I returned, the relationship number one was significantly enhanced, the trust level went way up, and revenue typically followed. That means that Um, afterwards sales would spike because of that enhanced relationship. So that's number six is get more face time with your customers because it will allow you to enhance that customer relationship, which will ultimately lead to more sales, right? So those are my six. I'm going to run through them really quickly. I would not build my own TMS. Okay. Number two, I would focus more on carrier partnerships. Number three, don't forget to eat and exercise right because you're going to need more energy than ever. Number four is learn to delegate sooner. Number five is fire bad apples and negative Nellies right away. And number six is get more FaceTime with customers. Now, this is my personal reflection on what I would do over just six things. There are probably many things, but these are six things that I would do differently if I started my freight brokerage today. So I hope you guys enjoyed that. And most of all, if you're curious about becoming a freight broker or a freight agent, right? And you're trying to hobble together some information on Google or on YouTube, check out freightbrokerbootcamp.com. We offer the most cost-effective, comprehensive online freight broker training program, trained over 10,000 students, been in business over a decade, and we offer a 60-day, 100% unconditional money-back guarantee. I can't get any better than that, okay? So um, appreciate you guys being here. Thank you so much. Hey, everyone. I hope you enjoyed that episode. And if you did, make sure you download the cheat sheet. I have a free cheat sheet that you can download where I summarize those six things that I'd do different if I started over today. All you got to do is go to freightbrokerbootcamp.com forward slash start over. Again, freightbrokerbootcamp.com forward slash start over. Hey, thanks for tuning in today. I'm humbled that you allowed me to be a part of your day. Now subscribe to the podcast so we can do this more often. And for those of you that take the next 15 to 30 seconds to rate and review the podcast, thank you so much. I greatly appreciate it. And who knows, maybe we'll give you a shout out on a future episode.